Hi, I'm Carlene, and this is Diva Tonight. I had my colleague, we both went to Sheridan and U of T together. We met through Business Bootcamp and Maureen Brown is an anti-racism specialist and she has quite an extensive resume and you're a mom and how many kids do you have? Three. Oh, okay. My son, you know, is my, my son is now, uh, is now uh, 30. Is it, it would have been before COVID, uh, so I guess, you know, the year before loves to read he's a reader like me and uh he went and sat in a starbucks uh, he was waiting for his uh, he was working part-time he was in university and he took his book went and sat down minding his own business <laughs> with his coffee and this woman she was a she was not she was a racialized woman she was black and she wasn't white and she comes over and she says you know i noticed you coming here and you you always have you know, a book with you. And he says, yeah, you know, and they're like reading. And he says, good for you. You know, as a black, as a black boy, you know, that's not, you know, what we would like to know. Good for you. Good job. Thanks. No, thanks. <laughs> you know, those things are called microaggressions. And that's the, the term we use in, in the work that we do is called microaggression. So, you know, you, the direct sort of, you know, you're black, get away again. We don't get that as much, but it's these microaggressions and the way the thinkers around microaggressions talk about it, it's like mosquito bites, you know, you get one bite and it's like, okay, I got a bite. But when in your daily, everyday, people make these backhanded comments and they quote, compliment you in ways that undermine your blackness and so forth. Over time, this is where racism now becomes toxic. Okay, and it can make people sick, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and and so that the work I do and the, the, the things I write and so forth is to help people to become aware of, um, for those who are black, the feeling you have right now of feeling sick and wonder you're, you're not, you're, you're correcting what you're feeling is what is happening to you. And for people who are not black, and those tend to be the people who hire me, there's companies and organizations, helping them to realizations will okay kills morale and it kills people's health and it affects their mental health. And you need to how you're going to enable people to not engage in microaggressions. So, yeah. And uh, you know, what? I think it's, I think it's good that, you know, you haven't had too many of those experiences where, you know, um, we can go on with our day to day and not really focus on that. And I think for me, I've always never really focused too much on the race. I kind of just want people to see me for me. But like you said, sometimes you have those comments and that makes you, it reminds you that yes, I'm black. Um, but yes, there's also these stereotypes associated with it or microaggressions, as you were saying that I just learned, you know, and that's when it brings you back to that place where you're just like, why can't I be just Carlene? Like, why can't I just, you know, I, I know I'm a black woman, but why must you remind me that, you know, like those comments, you know, how you said a lot of those comments I've heard from people has always been at school where I was on the honor roll. And in high school and, you know, I have a high achiever, like in grade nine and 10, I wasn't paying too much attention, but, and I just got like a B plus B average. And then I was like, oh, I need to step up my game because I wanted to go to university. And I made it on the honor roll and I got a couple of awards that year and someone came up to me and I told him now, like I talked to him years back or whatever. And he's like, you know, as a black person, that's probably really good. You know, and I'm like, so if I was white or, you know, I didn't even think about those things, but it's like, 
adding insult to injury. Like I know yeah. I'm, I'm happy, you know, that I got this mark. It, it took, like, I worked my butt off for you to come up and say that to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make me mm-hmm. feel good, but people don't always think before they say they're just saying those things. And yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's, so that's why we have a name. That's why those kinds of things have been named. And just as I was like, it's not that I, I have not, myself experience racism it's the the kind of aggression type racism yes that is it, it's the compliments actually not a compliment you know it's the look that kind of says you're weird you're different you're other uh so definitely all of us as black people we have experienced that i think i pay i guess when, when it happens to my kids i'm a mama bear <laughs> protecting her womb her you know, you know her and, and, yeah. and just because, like I mentioned at the start, because I, I began my career as a journalist and I have, an, you know, even in the work that I'm doing with the African-Canadian Christian Network, I'm volunteering there to help, you know, Black families. Uh, and, you know, over my span of work and volunteering, you hear the stories, you hear the, just the heartbreaking stories. You see the loss of potential, you know, that has grabbed hold of me even more than some slight or microaggressions, someone lobs at me. I'm going like, what else? <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, but when I see it in people, you know, like, and especially our young people, I just say, no, not on my watch. So I'm going to do anything I can to help. So it's empowering our young people, even as for pay, I get paid in the organization for the organization to, to help set their business right. But, you know, at the end of the day, we can't wait for the company to get it straight. We have to educate our own children and empower them so they know how to navigate this stuff. So yeah, that's where my focus is. Yeah. Getting back to the real issue is like, you know, I hope that people realize that not necessarily to focus on the race thing, but just to remember that if you have a dream and you have a passion, don't let anyone stop you. I think Mm -hmm. for me, like I've always, that's probably what's always been my push. I'm going to prove them wrong. My my dad even said it to me. He's like, if someone says to me that I can't make a million dollars, I'm going to prove them wrong, (laughs) you know? So, (laughs) and he's an entrepreneur too. So you are an entrepreneur. You're an advocate for social enterprise. And the one thing I read and what you said is that your motto is let's create a safe space for honest conversation and courageous conversation on race. And I guess you you started it a long time ago. And, and that is aimed at that part of the bio. I mean, I use my business life because, you know, my message to employers is that. So what is safe space? Safe space is not when you say, well, yeah, it's, it's safe. You know, you can, you know, if, if, if you experience racism here, sure, just tell us, just come into my office, just bring it up. And then... You know, I am not, you know, having to um, help them to recognize safe is not when you designate it as safe. Safe is not even when you have sent people on a, on a half day training and they come back and they say, see, so now we're good because microaggressions live amidst all of that unconscious bias. You know, if you have not examined things like your white privilege and white fragility, if you don't understand how what's called tone policing, that when the black person or the person of color speaks, you basically say, oh, 
okay, dear, you know, if you're if you're a bit less radical and aggressive in the way you're asking for what, yeah, I know it, you have the right to do this. And all of these factors, until people in that space begin to realize how their behavior, and even sometimes our own people, you know, like I said, the term is internalized oppression. And lies it, and there's a term. It's not. It's a version. It's similar to tone policing. It's um. It's escaping me now. But it's when. And I remember when I was doing uh, uh in their own voices the report report on police racial profiling of black youth, and you know I I was interviewing someone. It was within. It was a church. It was a pastor, and again maybe well meaning, but I made note, and he said, you know, oh, say to the young men, you know, if you just uh. It's called respectability politics, I think. That's the term. You know, if you just pull up your pants and say, yes, sir, you know, and be, be kind when the police stop you, wouldn't be having this problem and so forth and so on. And, you know, I said, you know, with all due respect, it's not only Black youth with baggy pants who are experiencing uh, police racial profiling. Okay, because profiling does not, it has nothing to do with your clothes. (laughs) Okay. And so, you know, brave, unsafe conversation, brave conversation is whatever space you govern, whether it's in a church, whether it's in your women's group, whether it's in on the basketball team, wherever you have this, the presence of people of color, of black people, you ask them, what safety look like for you? What would make you uh, enable you to say, you know, John, when you run your fingers through my hair or when you pay me these backhanded compliments or when you act surprised that I scored a 98%, you just need to know, John, that I consider it offensive because, you know, you're unracist. How do the air, the space that you govern, can, can the person actually say that? Can the person, of course, in the last year say, Black Lives Matter, that's one of the things that's making spaces really unsafe. And people, you know, tell me in my work, Black Lives Matter. Whenever I say anything, blah, 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 Black Lives Matter, I hear, well, White Lives Matter too, or All Lives Matter. Okay. So you can't tell me that that space is safe if you are not able to understand why, as a Black person, I feel the need to assert, just as a matter of fact, that Black Lives Matter. So that becomes my, that has become my motto how can we miss a space where we can have honest conversation? And that's a work in progress. And ignorance is, is one of the issues, you know, not understanding or making assumptions or just, you know, like you said, just saying something with not necessarily thinking about it. And it's like the elephant. Post-George Floyd, you know what, Carly? Post-George Floyd, there is no room for ignorance anymore. I mean, ignorance causes people's lives. George Floyd was not the first one killed. We all know that. It's, this has been happening. And it's not even only the, the, the you know, Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and all, you know, that's what's in the news. But, and there was never a Darrell, when Darrell Roof killed all those people in Mother Emanuel Church, there were so many right here in Canada when we've had, you know, police shootings and, you know, from going way back to, you know, Barbara Johnson and Wade, Wade, Wade Lawson, Wade yeah, Wade Lawson, Wade Lawson, you know, and, and that's one of the things, and most people are probably depending on the listener, you know, if you're young, you won't remember, but I was the first time it really became, you know, marked in my mind. Wade Lawson was a young, I still see his face in front of me as I speak. He had a big Afro, a young black man, 17 years old, and he was out on hijinks, you know, and they took some neighbor's car or somebody's car and, you know, something that a white kid does and he ends up going back home with a slap on the wrist or the police brings him home to his parents or something. And Wade Lawson was shot in the back of his head and killed. 
you know, and that's, that really, really struck me. So there is no time anymore for ignorance, for saying, I did not know. I think there's an opportunity now for everyone, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're racialized, non-black, to say, whoa, I need to find out more. This is serious. I, okay, I need to educate myself and, and start doing the work. You know, that's the moment we're at right now. Yeah, you just said it. I think you answered the question I was going to say, like, what do people need to do? What is what is your message now is that we need to do the work. And obviously mm-hmm. you're you started a book group and I hope that you post that on your website so that I can share with others. And, you know, the future listeners can hear this because, you know, I've learned so much from you in, in the time that you've been on the show to discuss what you do as a human being and as an entrepreneur and as a mom and you know like you said you're a mama bear and of course like (laughs) and just just to expand i'm a mama bear obviously for my own children but i'm also a mama bear for black black a black child a black youth anywhere you know because i i look them in the eye and i said i see your pain you know and um you you your your future and your potential is so being compromised by this so i have that sense of protectiveness you know and you know, for, for just any black child. Yeah. Really in like, this society. Yeah. Yeah. Like even like you said, I was on a call and we talked about like, you know, when you're a teenager and you're looking for a job and there's these communities, community center that help you find like a summer mm-hmm. job. And mm-hmm. we could not. There's one community center that this one teenager talked about from my generation and someone else who was older on the call said there aren't that many black community centers or community centers for black youth to help them find work you know mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. another issue in itself and like i'm like breaking my brain trying to think and i'm like wow you know or maybe we don't really need that but we do need to have maybe a community center for all youth you know and say you know everyone come together if you're looking for work and you're having a hard time looking for work that's another thing in itself but like you don't realize it till you're in that situation where you're like it's so hard for me to find a summer job. I remember sometimes mm-hmm. as a teenager, it's like I would use the community centers, but yeah, it was hard to find a, you know, a summer job. Like my first job was delivering flyers, but like you said, you're the mama bear for black youth or black children. And, you know, I hope that others can reach out to you and know that like, if they need a little help that you'll help them get to where they need to go. Right. So. I'm Carlina. This is Diva Tonight with Maureen Brown. So Maureen, if people want to reach out and find out more about rock diversity, how can they find you? So our website is um, simple, rockdiversity.ca, R-O-C-K-D-I-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y. And so if, uh, if, uh, if you go on to the, to the site, there is a, a, in this section, I think it's about us. There's a place that you can uh, book a call or uh, contact me through, through, through that. And then, yeah, we'll set an opportunity to, to chat. Yeah. And so you said you help more, like a lot of companies create the safe space for their employees and is it more or less their employees that are of a diverse background is that what it is or absolutely i mean because you know sometimes you know as i indicated the anti-racism and anti-black racism that is because now you know we've been given quote more license to say it outright it has always been part of the whole talk on diversity but some companies they will 
have a particular concern about that. Other times what we do is to help them create their space in such a way that we, we are being preemptive. So, you know, um, when you talked about, for example, Black youth, you know, having trouble finding work, you know, you know, summer work is, it may sound simple, you know, it's just a summer job, but, you know, things like having connections, things like some of the same stereotypes that are plaguing, you know, our children will get in the way. So even if they apply for jobs like every quote, like everyone else, if if that employer or, or agency, even government agencies, if being black, being young black, black showing up with little dreads or black showing up with twists or, you know, however, because they, again, going back to the root, it's what blackness has been decided, determined to, to mean. Uh, then you'll find that our children may not get that opportunity, but it's not impossible. And that's why I do the, the on the volunteer side, you know, my ministry side, you know, I say to our people, here is how we can, you know, sort of increase our awareness of what's going on, how to navigate these spaces and get these jobs. While with the other side, we are working within companies and agencies to open their understanding of, you know, the stereotypes that they hold and how they hold that. that black children back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you know what, like you said, because May 25th, 2020, um, a lot of black organizations are coming to the light and I've seen black Hamilton, black owned, and um, it's, it's making um, people stand for something that they weren't standing for before, but they're pushing through now. And so hopefully, you know, in the next year from now, like we'll see some, some change. And like you said, uh, the book that you mentioned, I'm going to post it on the website, Diva on the radio.com, like through our blog site. So you want to talk about race because you've mentioned so much from that book itself that mm-hmm. I feel compelled to read it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Black History Month, I mean, I mean, that's, that's when we, you know, we bring out a lot happens. You, you get, you know, there's another book actually that, um, I mean, the, um, me and white supremacy, um, Leila Saad, she, you know, the author says this, if you, this is really for, for white people to understand their stuff. <laughs> okay. And so depending on who's listening, but the, the, uh, the third book uh, that we're going to do in the study, and I'm really excited If you give me one minute, I will grab it from my shelf. So this one, you know, I think this is, this study will be directed more at people who are black. It's called um, Black Fatigue, How Racism Erodes the Mind, Body, and Spirit. All right. Black Fatigue, How Racism Erodes the Mind, Body, and Spirit. I got it at uh, a different book list, and it's by Mary Frances Winters. Okay. So, you know, this is going to help us. It's going to, you see, for us to be cool, to be healthy, one of the first steps is to feel affirmed. And so the reason I'm going to do this is to say, yes, that did happen. Yes, the neighbor coming across and asking you whose house is that you're not crazy for for feeling offended. It, It does happen. And yes, the ongoing, you know, the people you trained at work, and then they come and they pass you by and they get the, the promotion and you don't. Yes, you're not crazy. It happens. This study, I want to do it then within the context of not only sitting and saying, you know, oh, all these awful things happen to us, but to do it within this context that says, but we're not going to just lie down and let it happen. 
And so we're going to look at community. We're going to look at resilience. We're going to look at faith. And what can I do? Now that I know, now that I can identify the beast, what can I do as a Black mother, Black sister, a Black employee to go out there and be whole on the inside? And, and also some practical strategies as to saying, yeah, I, I know what just happened, but what I'm not going to do is have a throwdown. What I'm going to do is, <laughs> and I will have other strategies for navigating these difficult uh, spaces. So that one I'm really excited about doing. But the first two, oh, idioma is nice all around. Um, me and white supremacy is, you know, really, if you have white friends or if you're a white person and you want to understand <laughs> sort of, you know, some of the behaviors that, you know, you may not be aware of that's affecting black people. That's a really good one. And then black fatigue is, um, you know, one that I think will be affirming and the context within, because I do my book studies as kind of like workshop style. So we talk and I share information and we talk and I share information, little bits to kind of make it come to life. So that's what I've been up to these days. <laughs> they said it before, and it's a very good quote. Knowledge is power. And the yeah. more, you know, more power you have, the more you can share, the more you can educate. And I feel like even though you are an entrepreneur, you are a teacher and you you've come to share your knowledge with those who listen. And I appreciate you sharing this this knowledge with us and i look forward to like maybe hopefully you'll come back and share some more because it's 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 an ongoing saga right we are like there's sure. there's always more to learn sure well thanks for having me and yeah folks can visit me at uh, diversity.ca i'd love to hear from folk and uh, you know if you have interesting things happening and you know op- you know opportunities you know i'm always up for especially now that we're in virtual space so it doesn't require me to run hither and yon all over the gtha you know i'm always happy to to share what i'm growing and learning myself so yeah um, i think uh there'll definitely be more opportunities for sure i'm carlene yeah. and this is diva tonight with maureen brown we have a featured guest tyler delpino he will be performing in the end your trains arrived now where's it go your heart's alive still time to grow the world's got its rules and it don't add so go where you go we roll through life and wish for more forget it sits outside your door the search for love the quest for gold is happiness a tale we're told the world's got its rules and it don't add up so do what you can never count on luck yeah you hope and you pray that Yeah, you hope and you pray that you've done
hard to be sure Nowhere to start So do what you can Be who you are The world's got its rules We all play our part So march to the drum To the beat of your heart March to the drum To the beat of your heart I'm Carlene, and this is Diva Tonight. 